What's up, y'all? And welcome back to another episode of that Dynamite Review on the Technology News Talk. I know y'all probably missed us the, uh, last week. It was spring break week. I was out of town, you know, with family in Orlando. So uh, we had to skip one week, but uh, but no worries. We are back for this week, and it is WrestleMania week. So a lot of things are happening uh, this week going on. Especially not just uh, uh, in AEW, but uh, but every company around the world that's uh, have their own special events uh, going on. But um, uh, let's also welcome back uh, our co-host, uh, uh, Mr. Leland Bedford. What's up, bro? What is good? Yeah, it's been a minute since we've been on doing these reviews, um, but I'm excited we are back. Looking forward to talk more AEW content. A lot has kind of changed in a minute, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And um, I know that, you know, there's been a lot of talks of like, uh, the for the one of the finally fathers of AEW, Cody Rhodes, could be showing up at WrestleMania. But is it going to be true? Or I'm hearing rumors that this could be a work and he might show up on our uh, Supercard of Honor on Friday. What do you think? Wow. I mean, hey, if that happens, holy crap. I mean, but I mean, it seemed like WWE was very confident that they got him locked in. You know, we have we got reports that it's going to be a $3 million contract that he's already signed and sealed and uh, is going to happen. I heard rumors they're going to keep him off WrestleMania, bring him on to the Raw um, on the, the Monday night Raw at the uh, WrestleMania. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where there's a lot of speculation there's a lot of um you know just rumors going around so we would just have to kind of wait and see what the final of this is going to be so um yeah looking forward to kind of seeing what this weekend or actually i can't even say this weekend but let's see what the wrestling world looks like tuesday <laughs> you know um because i think next wednesday we're going to have a lot more to talk about next thursday we're a lot more to talk about so yeah it's going to be a uh game-changing weekend one way or the other yeah uh most definitely and um uh, wrestlemania we did start with uh wrestlemania raw that made me kind of feel like they don't care about uh, the raw after wrestlemania well it hasn't been like the the most hype thing in the world says that ever since so that's nothing to uh, but to worry about. Um, we had NST two point on on Tuesday. That was the go home show for the, this Saturday's um, stand and deliver. And then on Wednesday, of course, we had Dynamite last night. And um, Thursday we got Impact uh, as well uh, for tonight uh, for for Thursday. And then Friday is going to be Stat. We got WrestleMania uh, Sun, WrestleMania SmackDown, then the Hall of Fame. With the Undertaker going there, I'll be definitely watching that. I want to hear his speech and everything. Of course, the Steiner brothers, Queen Charmel, um, Shaq Gaspar winning the Warriors Award. Also, I want to hear those. And um, what else we got? We got the um, the Impact Multiverse of Madness show. Um, uh, even though that won't be live, I heard it was pre-taped. So uh if you don't want to hear spoilers, uh, the, the, don't search up anything impact. But um, but the also we have the Ring of Honor, Supercar uh, Supercar of Honor, and I'm very definitely looking forward to that. This is will be the 
uh, Ring of Honor's first promotion with Tony Khan as their new uh, uh, president and um and owner. So I definitely will 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 look out for that. And then of course Saturday is Stand and Deliver and WrestleMania Night One, and then Sunday WrestleMania Night Two. So that's going to be a hell of a uh, a hell of a week. It's uh, the most exciting week for wrestling every year. You know. Um, I know Tony Khan was saying he doesn't want like his wrestling, like his people to be doing too much work during this routine because he feels like WrestleMania is like the, you know, kind of the big thing. Um, so that just shows his respect for the wrestling business, even as a wrestling fan, you know, that like, you know, everybody is his competition, but he just wants to respect their weekend because it is a weekend that is like the biggest in wrestling. Um, you know, for our for our, our former sport that we like to watch. Yeah, and I kind of respect Tony Khan saying that, oh, we don't want to do a pay-per-view right on WrestleMania week, so that's why um, AEW kind of has their own WrestleMania in Revolution. Like, that be uh, this past uh, February, like we mentioned. That was probably the WrestleMania uh, of that WrestleMania, so to look forward to. But, guys, this one, it's not WrestleMania because we're getting a lot of celebrities, but that's just another story. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll wait till that in the weekend. But um, a lot of things is happening that, uh, last night. So let's get it straight on to it. So so the mat- first match of the night, we had CM Punk go- going against Mad Casters of the Acclaim. So when Mad Caster and, uh, and Clay did a rap, they did mention the... Um, the Will Smith and Chris Rock are Oscar <laughs> is to get a hit in there. And um, even John Cena said on social media, uh, um, he said Matt Caster is going to be a, a big thing going up at AEW. So before we get to the rest of this match, I want to hear your thoughts, not only John Cena's um, uh, respect on Matt Caster, like, because uh, John Cena, uh, see Matt Caster, like his old um, Dr. Thakonama's persona, and then, of course, the uh, the Will Smith and Chris Rock uh, incident. Oh, we could do a whole show about the Will Smith and Chris Rock incident. Um, but to talk about Cena giving props to Caster, that's dope, you know, because Cena, you know, he did that gimmick for a while. And I think they're two different gimmicks, you know, like, you know, they are, you know, they have something in common that they're both like, you know, swapping gimmicks, but they're totally different as far as character and the way they approach it. When John Cena is thugging on each other, be this hard battle rapper, where Caster is very kind of a goofy kind of dude. And they do all these odd things. And I remember Caster like kissing the guy's hand when he wins. Like that's something that thugging on the guy wouldn't do. So Caster is definitely like his own character, his own guy. He's just a goofy dude um, compared to Cena. So I think, uh, but I like the fact that there was mutual respect there from Cena. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan for Cat. I'm a big fan of Caster. Like every time he comes out, you'll see me turn up the TV a little bit because I just want to hear what he's going to say. So, um, but yeah, I think it's cool to see him giving out that, giving out that, um, that, uh, that praise to him. Yeah, they're very good of uh, points there. So, um, in the final moments of the match, with the officials' bat was turned, uh, Bowen's first punk over the top rope. And Caster landed a coast-to-coast drop kick for the two. He went for the mic drop, but Punk rolled out out of the way and hit a straight power driver and then follow up with the Anaconda Vice uh, submission for the win. And then um, after the match, 
punks uh, did the uh, the belt jester asked, what does this mean? He said, he don't know who will be champion, whether it will be cowboy shit, had me out of page or Adam Cole, Bay bang. But before his time at AEW is over, he will be world champion. So my question to you is now we on the road to, um, to Las Vegas, double or nothing. So we have three choices here. Would you rather see a rematch with uh, Adam Cole and Adam page or should we see uh, Adam Page versus CM Punk, Adam Cole versus CM Punk, or just put them all together in a triple threat match like they did last year with um, Kenny Omega, Pac, and Orange Cassidy? I mean, I think uh, in, my, in my opinion, it's a win-win no matter what. You know, I don't think you can really lose no matter what, no matter what we decide to do with that. You know what I mean? Um, so for me, it's a win-win regardless. So, um, any way that, that pairs to be, I'm cool. Yeah. Cause I, I definitely can see this being a, a triple threat just because, um, and then, um, whoever, uh, uh eats the pin when, um, well, well, matter of fact, let me just say whoever doesn't get pinned. We'll probably face uh, uh, that whoever is the champion by the time at full gear. So I'm saying, hey, man, the page will hold on to the title and then face CM Punk at full gear uh, in November. And that's when CM Punk wins the world title. And as far as from Adam Cole, like we, we may have mentioned before, is uh, uh, Kenny Omega is due to, to return soon. So we are going to get the, uh, the, the elite versus the under uh, uh, was this should be called the undisputed elite. So that's the way I see it. That's the way I see it. Yeah, for sure. The undisputed elite versus the elite. That'd be a good, good, good match. And also, Kenny Omega was on BTE this week. Uh, they had BTE 300. Happy to see him back. That means, you know, maybe he's getting close to, you know, being back ready to be on. So happy to see him back on that. Yeah, he looking good. Yeah, but we can't wait to for him to return. So um MJF, FTR, and March Sterling were backstage. MJF was asked why Warlow's posters was everywhere. Then he blew them off to talk about FTR and Sean Spears' upcoming matches. The poster would remind everyone that Warlow is banned from the premises. That said, Warlow is still their friend. So MGF accuses Warlow of talking uh, shit behind their, their, their back. MGF said, the pinnacle will always be on top. And FTR hesitated and agreed. Now, listen. We already saw the split up between the, uh, the inner circle. So we already teased uh, that this is kind of a tease that the pinnacle is going to get broken up as well because Warlow has uh, gone away from MJF. Um, FTR uh, fired Tony Blanchard as their manager, and they, they, they're, they're expecting to have Bret Hart, Bret Hart in their corner soon, which I'll get to that. Uh, explain more of that in a second. But um, F, yeah, I see FTR might turn um, uh, baby faces uh, soon because they're, they're in a rivalry with the Young Bucks, which we also get to that in, uh, in a second. 
Um, I don't know where Sean Spears leads here. Uh, is gonna lie uh, after this, but I feel like once the pinnacle is done, then MGF is gonna be by himself. So, what what are your thoughts on, on this situation? Um, so with the pinnacle, I think the most important thing, um, I think they're gonna really like kind of disband them because uh, first off, they wasn't really pushing them too much. You know, they wasn't coming out together. You know, it wasn't like this this unit that they were portraying. So I think they're about to just disband like disband that group only so we can have like closure to it and don't just like fickle out. Having it be around Warlow, it's great because you know you keep hearing Dak saying, "Hey, Warlow is our guy too. Like he's our friend too." And this is between you and him. This has nothing to do with pinnacle business. So don't make this a pinnacle thing, make it an MJF versus Warlow thing, uh, because the moment you get us involved, we're going to be neutral because we like Warlow too. And it looks like right now they like Warlow more than they like MJF. But this just shows more character development of MJF where he needs to have protectors. He needs to have bodyguards. He needs to have people in his corner all the time, his lackeys, in order for him to feel like he can accomplish you know, big things there. So I'm happy that they're giving Pinnacle a kind of ending. And we're starting to see all of our OG factions, all of our OG factions start to die out a little bit in AEW. And we got a lot of new blood coming in and a bunch of new groups coming in. So I'm happy to see the Pinnacle. Like I said, they wasn't really pushing it. It wasn't like they was coming out every week, roughhousing people. It was one of those things that they just needed to put together to go against the inner circle. And now that the inner circle is gone, do we need the pinnacle? Mm, yeah, but we'll see we'll, we'll, what they have, what happens in, in the couple of weeks. And um, so John Motsley versus Jay Leto. We are finally Jay, seeing Jay Leto back in, uh, in television. And this was a really, uh, really great match. And um, in the final uh, moments of the match, Leto went for the figure four. But Moxley created him for the two and then hit the Paramount shift for the win. And then after the match, the two shook hands. So I'm I'm going to make a prediction here. I don't know mm-hmm. if this is going to happen, but I feel like Jay Lethal is going to join uh, Dan- uh, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, and Rio Regal. Huh, that's interesting. I don't see him joining necessarily only because – uh, they were saying that they're looking for these young guys. They were looking for, you know, people that they can train and things like that, you know? So that's why I don't see that necessarily happening. Um, but what I do see from Lethal coming is um, an opportunity to kind of be more of a, you know, top guy in a them put, putting Lethal versus Moxley, you know, a former champion, um, I think it's still a big thing because he's a former champion and they want to see how he mixes it up with some of these AEW guys. But that being said, great match between these two. Both of these guys are professionals. Jay Lethal, I like to call him the most professional, professional wrestler. He can go in there with anybody and make a good match. And there's little things that he do that if you pay attention to him, just really help the extra selling of the of it and you feel like just a more physical fight. So I know Jay Lethal is going to do big things at AEW 
or will he go back to be the face of ROH? I mean, Tony Khan runs both of them. But right now, if you were the face of ROH for many years and you're in AEW like Jay Lethal is, and Tony Khan owns both companies, I mean, it's gonna that's a great spot to be in for Jay Lethal. He's a fan of Jay Lethal. So um, I think Jay Lethal's gonna do big things here. I mean, hell, Jay Lethal has enough prestige in this company uh, or in the business to start his own faction and have his own group of guys who can come out and do shit. So I think it's going to be something that's going to be, um, you know, good to look at. But I'm glad to see them in the same um, space. You know, John Moxley and Jay Lee. I'm glad to see them in the same space. Yeah, most definitely. I just don't want to see Jay Lethal being lost in the shuffle after he already had two great matches with John Moxley and Adam Cole that there uh, recently. So um, uh, we have to see where this future lies. And um, so we had a video package from the former WWE NXT wrestler Marina Shaw. In, in case you guys don't know who that is, she is part of the the Four Horsewomen with uh, Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler, and uh, uh, Jess Duke, uh, Jess Drake, and um, showing her AEW dark highlights uh, of the, what she has been on are dark. So they probably are promoting her to be have an appearance on Dynamite or Rampage um, uh, soon. So it's kind of funny that WWE kept Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, but instead, but also fired the other two members of, of the Horsewomen. The other two. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like to see these, um, I like to see that these, these tough, these tough gals are getting into it, you know, these, these ladies that have legit, you know, combat training, um, getting in the woman division because the woman division does need the most work. So having like these, and no disrespect to legit Layla Hirsch, who I know trains trains a lot she just doesn't look threatened and it's nothing to do with her height and nothing to do with her stature she just doesn't look like i'm gonna really believe that she's gonna go out there and really mess up somebody like jay cargill who is like six foot four you know so i don't think i can ever take her and say yeah let's push her to the moon put the belt on but somebody like oh girl they're bringing in who i think can look a little bit more devastating. I mean, at, at the end of the day, wrestling is about looks. Wrestling is about how you present yourself in the ring. And I think when AEW first started, they really wanted to have wrestlers that didn't look like the average wrestlers on WWE. So that's why we got like Marco Stunt, legit Layla Hirsch, um, and a couple of other like smaller guys and smaller gals. But now that they're starting to establish themselves more and get more into it, and kind of seeing how YouTube treats a lot of these wrestlers or how the wrestling community treats a lot of these wrestlers. I think it's only natural for him to start kind of booking people that does have that threatening presence look when they go out there because it's just gonna make it feel more legit. Yeah, most definitely. And um, yeah, like I mentioned, uh, we've been mentioning before, the Oreo Cup, Cup. It's coming soon, so we're going to have a lot of uh, legit um, female wrestlers going to be in the tournament soon. And then especially uh, with the Orange Cup, we'll get to that in a second. But um, mm-hmm. A lot of news out of that. 
MJF joins commentary for the upcoming match with FTR versus the uh, the Gun Club. The crowd was chanting "As Boys" a lot to the Gun Club, as, as they do, <laughs> as you already know. The uh, uh, which is the 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 sons of, of Billy Gun, uh, Mister Ash, in case y'all didn't know. But um, in the final moments of the match, Warlow appear and destroy every security uh, 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 as he was heading out to to the arena. He walks down up to the, the arena's uh, upper floor steps towards down to the ring, but was eventually overwhelmed by a dozen security guard members. And then MJ, uh, MJF was screaming uh, um, in the commentary to get him out of here, get him out of here. Um, back in the ring, Billy got involved during the Kovala counter sequence, but FTR was able to hit the big ring uh, for the win. After the match, FTR was befooled about what went down during the match, but MJF came in and calmed them down. So, um, with Warlow coming through and fussing up, I mean, he looks badass. I can, and then also, what that did was I understood why Dax was so pissed off at the end because Dax is just one of those old school type wrestlers where, hey man, now your drama is starting to create chaos in my match. And now the people are looking at this guy that's coming to attack you and not, you know, my match. So I can understand why Dax was pissed off at the end from a story point of view. Uh, but Warlow looked great coming in, just beating the hell out of all the security guys until he got down into the by the pit and all kind of clobbered him. Um, but great storytelling again with MJF. His whole with MJF is never like just you want to fight, let's go. It's always obstacles and things that the guy has to do to get their hand on MJF because he is that kind of heel that, you know, the more you build it up, the better, because people just want to see him get his, you know, ass Yeah, well, most definitely. And then, like I mentioned before, um, with uh, with the pinnacle B, we break it up. We already <laughs> teased that FTR about to leave. We don't know what Sean Spears is going to do. And uh, when MGF is by himself, I feel like he's going to get another bodyguard that to help him, because that's his persona. He needs somebody to help him to win his matches. So I feel like mm-hmm. um this is a chicken shit deal. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then that's where um damn, what's the wait, what what's his name? Oh, hold up. I'm trying to think of his name. Uh Brian Cage might be the new bodyguard for MJF because he signed a new contract. Oh, that would be interesting for Cage. I don't know if that's the best position for Cage, to be honest. I don't know, man. Cage is one of those guys. He just – he looks the part. I remember watching him on the Indies. It was like, wow, this guy's incredible. Watching him on Lucha Underground, I said, wow, this guy's incredible. But for some reason, he just hasn't really connected with the AEW fan base or with, like, the AEW style of uh, wrestling, I guess. He just hasn't really connected. The only good match that I remember that he had is the one he had with uh, – Adam Page, Adam Page, and uh, I think it was Double or Nothing. That was like the one good match that I remember from uh, from Cage. But you know, we'll we'll see how that goes. I'm glad he's still in AEW, but they need to do something with him. Yeah, but that's my that's my prediction. When <clears throat> when the whole pinnacle is broken up and MJS by himself, I think he's gonna get a new. He's gonna get a new bodyguard. Man, what if Warlow takes the 
I don't know. We'll see. Hey, I, did you see that story about MJF and Tony Khan getting to the next stage? Yeah, it's all uh, it's all it's all a work, folks. Uh, you see MJF talk about, oh, I hear WWE is going out of proof product, bro. It's a work. There's no well, he got to 2024, and we don't know if he renewing his contract or not. But I don't think MJF is leaving. I don't. Uh, uh, that's not the only oh, the, the only yeah, the yeah. only way I see wrestlers leaving AEW to go to WWE is if if Cody Rhodes. If a way he shows up, and if he's doing a well over there, then that might prop to AEW wrestlers having an opinion to go to WWE. That's how I see it. So I mean, yeah, that's the one thing we you know. MJF and Cody, they're friends, so I'm sure he's listening to how much money Cody may be making over there, and saying. So we had a video promo hyping up Power Hub versus Keith Lee for, for, for Rampage. I like this rivalry. I didn't think I would, but I kind of do. Yeah. And uh, who you see uh, um, taking the win this Friday? Uh, without cheating, Keith Lee with cheating, Powerhouse. And do we see Ricky Stars and um, Sir Swickling get involved as well? Maybe if um, maybe if they pop up, uh, you know, if uh, if uh, starts pop up, then maybe Swerve come out to stop starts. Um, but that's the only way I see it. Have Swerve get involved. We'll see uh, how that unfolds. And um, Chris Jericho and his appreciation signing with backstage. He said most of the revolutionary forces, sports entertainment, everyone wants to join, but it's not going to be happening. G-Y, uh, G-F-Y. Garcia said the future endeavors, the Dark Order took Santana Ortiz and Eddie Kese out for good. Manoa peeked behind the curtain just like last week. And they said, nobody there. Hager did the same thing. But Keithton, Santana, and Ortiz were there. And the two groups brawled. Kingston dropped Jericho out to the stage arena, then went to the ring. He sized Jericho up for the spinning bat fist. Then Santana and Ortiz set him up for the street sweep. But Jericho was bailed out of by his followers. Garcia locked in Keaton for the in, in the Scorpion Deathlock as Jericho whacked him with a bat. Jericho whipped Kingston with his with his belt and hit the Ju- and hit the Judas effect. So um this definitely leaned towards a trios match, probably um with either probably with Jericho, Hager, and um and Daniel Garcia versus um Kingston and Santana Ortiz. Uh, that was a great little brawl. I'm starting to notice that AEW, instead of doing like uh, a match, they'll just schedule out this just big old brawl between everyone. And um, uh, I was going to say, uh, Eddie Kingston, man, you're on TV. Don't wear sweatpants. Uh, that was my one gripe with that. I was like, come on, man, I should dress up about to be on TV. Um, but 
I like to see this rivalry. It looks like or like Pride and Powerful and Kingston is, you know, down a guy. Maybe they need to get some extra help. I don't know who, but it looks like um, maybe maybe we can kind of get somebody else in that fold to kind of even things out. Maybe, but it might end up probably being just a just a trio match. That if I had to if I had to take a guess, it could be definitely, but it's just way more. Um, way more damn um, people, you know, like it's like five versus three. So it needs to be a little bit of an evil thing, but but there's also enough people that need that bit of time too. Yeah. Jay Cargo, aka Jay Berg, and Mark Sterling were backstage. They decided on Jay's 30th opponent. And Sterling brought out Layla Bates. But Jay said she was a joke. Sterling said the other options were Mayline, Swerford, but she wasn't confident enough about it. And Jay wasn't phased. So, like I said before, this is leaning towards to Mark Sterling uh, uh, be, uh, be, be the one to end up uh, having Jay Street ending. I mean, well, it looks like they didn't want to it, uh... Uh, they didn't want, they didn't, you know, they didn't want to put, like, he didn't want to put somebody that's actually tough in that position. So, I mean, I mean, it's what it is. And it looks like Jade is going to have a tougher opponent. But come on, man, nobody can stop Jade. She's the hottest thing out here right now, you know? <laughs> you know, I'm a huge fan of Jade. So let's keep that streak. Let's take it to 100 and 0, baby. Uh, I don't know about 100, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> 100 and oh, let's go. Right. We'll see how that goes. So, William Regal joins commentary for the next match, and that's Brian Danielson versus Will Utah. And this was easily uh, Utah's best performance at AEW. He even got some chance uh, uh, in there. And um, But in the final moments of the match, Danielson countered Utah next move and leveled him up with a basket knee. He spat in Utah's face, kicked his head in, and then hit the gutter style pile driver before applying the nasty label up for the win. So this is definitely Utah finally joining the crew with uh where we go, Danielson and Moxley soon, but it's just a it's just a matter of time. Yeah, this is a great showing from Utah. Like, you know, he needed to show that he was tough. He needed to show that he can, you know, uh, really, uh, you know, hold his own. Uh, no one knew that. No one thought that he was going to beat Danielson. But he needed to show that he's not afraid of Danielson, that he's not afraid um, to, you know, go that distance. And that's kind of what he did. And the spit at him was just damn disgusting. Um, but you know, like I said, good show by you. Yeah, most definitely. And, um, can't wait to see what happened. And, um, a video promo hyping up the main event, which is Darby Allen and Andrade El Idolo, which we'll get to that in a second. But, um, the Undisputed Elite Championship Celebration, Adam Cole and the Red Dragon came out with the championship belts that they stole last week. 
Cole said, Hangman Page, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus are not here tonight because they are ashamed. He said their belts are stolen because they were theirs. O'Reilly addressed the haters, but then forgot he was trying to say, Fish said that they were the three baddest dudes in the company. Cole was about to about to, to cut up the celebration, but Paige music uh, played, and he drove up in a Tesla with bullhorns before taking out the three men in the ring. He dispatched O'Reilly and Fish before hitting Cole with a fallaway slam. Paige set up for the buckshot, but Red Dragon pulled up, pulled Cole out of the ring to save him. They retreat up to the ramp, but Jungle Boy and Lucifer and Christian Cage attacked behind them and brought them back into the ring. Cole avoided the buckshot, but then was backdrop into Red Dragon uh, uh, to, to the outside. So, the, you already know, this definitely leaned towards Red Dragon versus uh, the Jurassic Express for the tag team title soon. And then the rivalry between Cole and Paige are, are still continuing. And still continue. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I ain't gonna lie, I felt a little anticlimactic when they got their belts back. I feel like even pushing that off for another week would have been great. Yeah. And uh, the Rosa, the new uh, world, women's world champion, got a promo. She was brought out by Tony Shabani. She said that it was a shame that her celebration was cut short last week, but she said the first she was the first ever Mexican-born world champion in history. That is a fact. She fought and clawed her way to the top to be the face of the division, and now she wants to be the face of all women's wrestling. People want to bring her down, but foundations remain standing, and she will remain a founder of this company. Rosa demand Nyla Rose talk things out with words or fight in the rain. No matter what, Rosa will be there. So I see this match happening at Battle of the Belts 2. Probably not at uh, Double or Nothing because I think Donna Rosa might get a, a, a better opponent for Double or Nothing. So with Rosa and Nyla Rose rivalry, I see this match happening at Battle of the Belts 2 next, uh, in the coming weeks. Battle of the Belts yeah, for sure. I think uh, I can see that happening. Also, I'd like to give it. I'm glad they gave Thunder Rosa her moment to actually talk. I feel like last week was a little bit too soon. I think if they would have did the Nyla thing this week and let her talk last week, I would have felt more natural. Great promo by Nyla, by the way. Yeah, more definitely. And Nyla uh, really is like you know a day one AEW. You know, and it, it's weird this this process that we're in now of watching all of our AEW day one people get kind of pushed to the side for like some of the newer people. But having those originals there are important. Um, it's just like you know having those new matchups for our originals, you know, original OGs. You know, having those those new and exciting matchups is what's going to make sure they stay relevant in the new. Kind of AEW landscape. Yeah, and um, FTR were backstage. Cass said they will win the uh, the ROH tag team titles on Friday, and then the AEW tag team titles that, that down down the road. Dad said they were tired of waiting and issue a challenge to the Umbus 
they're determined the greatest uh, tag team of all time. So, uh, well, where where you see this heading for 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 FTR? Yeah, besides the uh, the whole pinnacle breakup thing. Yeah, this kind of hit me out of nowhere. I was like, oh, are we revisiting the Bucks versus uh, FTR? And I think it might be setting up the greatest tag team in the world scenario now that we got the Hardys in there, you know, because the Hardys are saying they're the greatest tag team of all time. FTR is saying they're the greatest tag team. The other Bucks are the greatest tag team. Um, and if we get the Briscoes in there to say the same thing, then that would be a great. Let me think about that for a four-way um, tag team match between the Briscoes, Young Bucks, Hardys, and FTR. Yeah, we'll see how that happens uh, down the road. But um, the Orha Cup uh, tournament qualifier, it was the Bunny against Tony Storm. And wow. we go. it was Tony time. And um, so this was Tony's uh, 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 All Elite uh, uh, debut. Uh, even um, Tony Khan said that uh, this uh, uh, the the mystery opponent that uh, Bunny that that they said was going to be uh, a surprise uh, the debut and Tony Storm was that surprise. So um, in that final moment, Storm came back with the lariat. She caught the thrust kick and hit the signature headbutt for the following hip attack and a big boot. A fisherman suplex bridge got the two. Bunny came back with a power slam for the two. She landed a, a thrust kick. And then a second for two more, Storm came back and hit Storm Zero and win and then qualified. Uh, holy crap, Tony Storm is in AEW. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna lie, I, I'm not too familiar with Tony Storm's work. Like, um, you know, I've seen her in a bunch of stuff and I've heard her name a lot, but I'm not too familiar with her in-ring work. And I was very impressed. Um, maybe somebody else than the buddy should have kind of did that first match with her, but I'm excited to kind of keep seeing her, um, you know, throughout and seeing how, you know, how her skills kind of, when I see, you know, I want to see her develop in front of me, not develop, but I just want to get to know her work more. So I'm excited to see her work more um, with, the, with the AEW crop of current female wrestlers. But what do you think? Are you more familiar with it than I am? Oh yeah, I even mentioned that um, that Tony Stone was going to be uh, one of the participants in the um, in the Orhan qualifying match, and I said she was coming to AEW, and my prediction was correct. So it's just a matter to, to it's just a matter of time to see who else is going to be um, be coming soon. Because like I said before, um, with the additional uh, with RH, um, now we definitely going to get more. Uh, elite uh, participants in the tournament. Yeah, it's going to be cool to see this Owen Hart Cup coming together. I'm happy to see the qualifiers are happening. I uh, can't wait to see the man's qualifier matches happening. But also, it's good just to see Owen Hart's name, um, you know, get played on TV. So excited for this tournament, for sure. Yeah, most definitely. And, um, Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero were backstage. Vicky was pretty much indeniable as she was speaking into the microphone. Rose said she was day one in this company and she deserves the, uh, the, the title more. Yeah, great, great promo from Nyla. So this Friday's Rampage, 
we got a Orhart Founder Tournament Qualifier with Jamie Hare and Sky Blue. The Young Bucks versus Top Flight. We're going to see a, a Chris Stanlander promo. And then Keith Lee versus Ricky Starks. And then next week's Dynamite, we have the men's and the women's Tournament Qualifiers happening. And then a tables match with the Butcher and the Blade versus the Hardys. Now, you remember uh, the table match with, with the Hardy Boys and the, and the Dougley Boys? Yeah, for sure. That That's our level of side bet. I want to see that that match. That's... Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be definitely a... It's going gonna, it's gonna, to... It's, it... You know how AEW they do their things where they they reset after their big you know pay per views and then it's always that hype to like their next one. Um, definitely, I'm looking forward like to all the hype leading into their next one. So I think they're gonna have some big some big matches coming up. Yeah, and then the main event, Andre uh, El Idolo versus uh, the Darby Allen. So in the final moments. Darby eventually made it up the way to his feet and hit the floor over stunner for the two. Andrade returned fire with a backbreaker for the two. They fought on, on the top rope where Darby hit a ridiculous flipping crucifix bomb. He locked in the Petula arm bar. Josie, the, Joe, the assistant, came down but was immediately interrupted by Steam. Butcher and the Blade attacked Steam, but Darby took them out with a dive back inside. Andrade hit the buckle spine muscle for the win. And then after the match, the rest of the AHFO continued to, to beat down Darby and Steam. Private Party came out to join the mix. But then the Hardys came out and sent the AFO packing with a twist of fate and Swanton Balmar Quinn to end the show. Great match with um, Darby and um, Andrade. Uh, Two I mean, huge different styles. I mean, 67 pound weight difference between the two of them. Um, but they were able to still do a good match. A little surprised they let Andrade go over a derby. Um, but it just kind of makes sense. He is the bigger dude, much more muscular. Um, but a little surprised to still let to let that um to let Andrade go over the Um, I'm kind of like at this point with Andrade though, I feel like he just kind of um picked up this group of like jobbers from Matt Hardy. And I'm not sure if it even looks good, you know, to have Andrade without these guys. And I'm kind of like, shit, Andrade just dropped that game and just go back to himself. But I don't know. That was kind of how I was looking at it. I was like, hey, he kind of picked up a group of losers. But because you had the bunny just lose to his music, you know, she came out to his music and she lost. And then now he comes out, luckily he got the win. But, I mean, that group does kind of do a lot of job, so I don't know. <laughs> I think just as long as Andrade wins his matches, then he looks good at the end. I don't care for about the rest of the members. As long as Andrade looks good, that's all that matters. Right, right. I definitely understand that. But what did you think about this episode and all, Trico? Uh, Oh, this was a uh, this was definitely uh, a, a banger show, and um, uh, just can't wait to see uh, what is going to happen. And we are literally like um, like uh, oh, close to a month and a half away from um, from double or nothing. And I can't wait to see um, you know, what's to unfold 
And then, of course, we got the um, the the Battle of the Bells 2 coming up as soon in April, just to kind of get, keep everybody um, ahead before double or nothing. But uh, well, we'll, we'll we'll wait to see what that happens then. But um, uh, that but that's our episode for today. And uh, like I mentioned before, this is WrestleMania week. Uh, this is it's gonna be a um a crazy week. Uh, and hopefully we could be here for um for the Rampage review show, hopefully. And uh, because you already know, we we always record on a Saturday, but hopefully we can get that done. Because like I mentioned before, Stand and Deliver at WrestleMania Night One is gonna be on a Saturday. So hopefully we could be here for uh for for the Rampage review. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a whole weekend of wrestling. I'm looking forward to the to the Ring of Honor um, Supercard. I'm, 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 I'm want to see what Tony Khan does and different and fulfill different presentation wise. It's gonna be the same commentators. Like, what's gonna be different? Will Tony Khan come out and just the Ring of Honor fan base? I'm not gonna lie, this is the first Ring of Honor show that I've been thinking about purchasing, uh, only because I know Tony Khan is a part of it. So. Um, yeah, looking forward to see what happens. Will Cody be at WrestleMania or will he not be at WrestleMania? Will he be on Raw after Mania or no? This is the weekend where we figure out our answers to that question. And I'm kind of ready to see what happens. Um, if he does go, it's going to be a blow to my AEW heart. But again, I'm happy for him. Um, you know, if he does get that big giant contract. He has a new daughter, so uh, you know, happy for him on a human level. But my heart is black and gold at the moment, and I don't want to see one of our big ones go. I mean, does AEW really need Cody Rose with the roster they got? I don't think so. Does WrestleMania need Cody Rose? Yes, because look at that card. It's so much. It has more. Celebrity matches than the past WrestleManias, but um, <laughs> yeah, but that's another, but that's another story, man. But um, yeah, 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 for sure. But um, we hope to see y'all on Saturday, and then um, and also I got to mention there is no uh, episode this week for the uh, Respect the Comment podcast, like I mentioned before, due to the WrestleMania week. But we'll be back uh, with that uh, next week, and um. And then, of course, um, you want to share an update on our MTD as well? Uh, yeah, man. We're getting ready to lock down our locations. We're doing hair and makeup wardrobe days coming up soon. And we're about to get ready to start shooting in May. So, yeah, pay attention to empathy because, man, it's going to be a thrill ride of a movie. Absolutely. And um, other than that, he is leading, and I'm Trico, and we're signing off. Peace.